welcome everybody welcome so good to have y'all if you're listening and if you're not then if they're not listening they won't be hearing you say right welcome anything to them well Um, welcome this is the lady bits podcast where we talk about chin hair and better sex and all of the lady bits in between all of them all of them all the bits and pieces and uh we're going to talk about oh oh god raising girls we're we're talking about raising girls tonight (sighs) we've been we've been talking about talking about this for a while and we just haven't done it yet but here we are we're going to talk about raising girls and uh it makes me really tired all of a sudden well before we start i'm going to hand you a glass of wine (laughs) and hand you a mason jar of wine a mason jar here you go. Mm. I haven't tried it yet. Oh. It's, um, I'll be the trier. What did you say it was? A petite Syrah? It's spellbound. Petite Syrah. What California. does that mean? It's a little Syrah? I guess. Petite? Oh, yeah. Petite. It's a little Syrah. I don't know. I don't know the wine terminology, but. Mm. Oh, that's good. I like that. Ooh, it's different. I like it too. Even out of a mason jar, it's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, it's good. Spellbound Petite Sarai. We'll put up a link to it on the blog post, hopefully. <laughs> we haven't been good about blog posting. <laughs> sorry if you've gone for links. So and we've sorry. Been... We'll try to remedy that. Yeah, our schedules have been crazy. You know, it's summer. we got to have a little bit of, like, lax Right. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been a lax summer. We've been busy. Well, I mean, in terms of like, give us a break, people. Yeah. Like, if you need a specific link and we haven't been successful at putting it just up, DM us. DM us, and we'll <laughs> promise we'll tell you where to find the thing that you're looking for. We will give you a response, and we'll we make sure you know all the things for Sorry. sure. I'm ripping my pants, <laughs> not because they're too tight, but because I have a little string. There okay. we go. There we go. They're not too tight yet. I was trying to think on the way over here because we haven't been here in a while of chit chat kind of things like what we've been doing and my brain is so I've been working is what I've been doing. I had a um, a big charity benefit dinner that we did that was amazing, super fun. Sold out. Sold out. Um, That's always great. Raised a lot of money for an organization that provides uh, transitional housing for women who've been trafficked. And it's called a safe place. So if you should check them out, maybe I'll put a link up to that as well. But that was a great dinner. We had a beautiful night, lots of good food, lots of good people and a good cause. So Mm -hmm. that was something that I gave a lot of focus to for a couple of weeks. And, and uh, I always freak out about those things. Really? Do you do that? Do you have a big thing coming up and then you freak out like it's going to be the worst disaster ever? You're sure of it. I mean, I've never had an event turn out poorly never they've always been great but you psych yourself up I'm like kind this of is like... going to be the one that sucks something's going to happen it's going to rain nobody's going to show up the food's going to make somebody <laughs> sick you know i always think to myself this is going to be the one where i fuck up right. majorly but it was amazing as always <laughs> um i mean may i don't know i think when i if i think about that stuff too much i will literally give myself like a panic attack. Mm. So I try not to like go to 
the like dooming mm-hmm. doom and gloom just because i will put myself in a position yeah. where i get nervous so like i do i i know like when i'm shooting i'm like well, what if my camera breaks but i'm like you have backup gear you're fine you know mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're gonna do those yeah. kinds of things I, i've always been able to make it work no matter what happens but i will say this this event was the first time that right before the event and all through the event I was calm I was collected I wasn't mm-hmm. freaking out I didn't have like mad bitch face <laughs> that I always have when I'm concentrating um and I think it's because I have been going to yoga a lot mm-hmm. I started going to yoga a few weeks ago and not because I'm looking for it to changed me physically but I was really looking for something that would kind of shift my mental perspective a little right. bit and one of the first classes I went to the instructor was talking to us right before the class was starting and she said you know I want you to approach this class um, as as a participant but also as an observer I want you when I tell you what position what pose to get into to lean into the discomfort of it, to lean into the the stretch and the pull of it and lean into it, but also just be there to observe it and know that it's okay. It's going to pass. You can handle this two minutes of holding this pose. Right. And she said, you know, in life you can do that too. You can find yourself in a stressful anxiety producing situation and you can observe it. You don't have to engage in the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, my therapist has been talking to me about that as well. And so that's really helped me a lot Right. to say, okay, I'm in front of something that could be really stressful and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to look at it, but I'm not going to partake in the anxiety. And it's really helped me a lot. Yeah. So that was a tangent. So that was, about, I mean, it was a good tangent. We're talking about girls, which is. <laughs> so what you're saying is that I should just observe my daughter <laughs> losing her shit on me and not like partake in how pissed off it makes me right and lean how it, much lean i want to like don't be anxious right. about it like just em- just embrace it breathe in those screams oh no I when i make her screams. wash her hair like that's the kind of shit she she pulls on me Mm-mm. like i'll be like you gotta wash your hair today and then she literally is like she just goes yelling and I mean I can't falter fully part of it is her part of it is that she's learned it like over the years (laughs) I have lost my shit on my kids not like I've never hurt them by by any means but like I have definitely yelled Mm -hmm. and I always feel terrible after I do that but like she's throwing it back on me now and I'm like oh my god how am I gonna live with this for the Mm. next like 11 12 years hopefully not more than that hopefully she goes off somewhere and you know lives her life yelling is one of those it's so easy to do it's really hard to control well yelling sets me sets pushes my anxiety buttons faster than anything loud noises like whether it's your kids yelling. or other people yeah or... i can't handle it oh, and okay. so i i've never i mean my kids have never been yellers ever oh. um the couple times maybe that they tried i shut that shit down pretty fast because i knew that 
that was going to push some pretty intense buttons in me. So are you a yeller? No. Okay. I'm not. I have I have an intense voice when I'm angry, but I don't yell. Right. Um, it has been a rare You also thing. have intense eyes. I do. <laughs> I do. Your eyes enough can make somebody cower <laughs> if they're not used to it. Todd has the same thing, too. And he actually went to a yoga class with me last right before we went to Smith Mountain Lake. Wait, neither of you are yellers? Todd can Todd is a little bit more than me, but he's not a yeller either. We're right. both talkers. But he has intense eyes more than me. And so we were in this <laughs> class and we were holding this pose and the instructor came up to him and he was coaching him Todd specifically and he was like, "Imagine you having more space between your eyebrows." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to use that. When he's mad at me, I'm going to say, babe, imagine more space between your eyebrows. Because <laughs> he, oh, he can definitely God. get an intense face like I can, but I'm not a yeller. I don't oh. like it. I don't. I don't like to yell, but like, I mean, I feel shitty when I do it, mm-hmm. but it happens and I get frustrated. Like, and I, I, I definitely like tell myself okay when your kids you know do something they're young so I have to be like forgiving and patient of things but when I you know when they do something I try not to immediately like react with the emotion of Mm -hmm. frustration Mm -hmm. Um, and with with Genevieve I've noticed that like I will start off really good like I'm like just talk to her And then she's talking over me and interrupting me. And I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to talk. And then all of a sudden it's like, I just yell. Mm -hmm. And then she cries. And then my heart breaks and I feel like the worst mom ever. That's pretty much how how the arguments go. Maybe you need to have some outside of the argument, outside of the tense moment. You need to have a conversation with her that's like setting some ground rules about how we talk to each other yeah, and how we have disagreements because you're gonna, you have, you are raising a girl with very strong personality yeah, and that's good. Right. And one of the big things I think we want to talk about tonight is how to recognize our, our daughter's strengths. Yeah. And kind of their innate um, giftings and personality and nurture those things, but don't let them get out of hand where they're inappropriate. Right. So when you have a daughter who's super strong willed, who has a big personality and those are great things. Right. But maybe sitting, she's old enough now, I think for you to have a conversation with her and say like, okay, when, when you don't agree with mommy, this is how we're going to address each other. When we don't, when we have a disagreement, when you don't like what I say or when I don't like what you say, this is how we're going to talk to each other. Right. And if it gets, if it starts getting out of hand, um, this is something that I've done in grown-up relationships. If a if a conversation moves from, I think we may have talked about this when we mm-hmm. talked about um, how to fight well right. with our partner. When it moves from uh, a disagreement or a, or whatever to contentiousness, mm-hmm. you shut it down immediately. Like you just stop and you set a timer. Like right. you're going to go, we need to break away, right? You're going to stop talking. You're not gonna make any noise. I'm not either. And we're going to break from each other for five minutes and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to each other. Yeah. Cause so. when you get past that point, there mm-hmm. is, you, you've lost control. 
you have and it's yeah. so and then you start saying back. things that are are just hurtful and, re- right. and there's a lot of regret remember when we talked about how your brain kind of split down the middle mm-hmm. and when you get hot like that when you get angry like that your logic brain is not talking to your emotional brain mm-hmm. and you have to find a way to get back to where your brain is talking this both sides are talking to each other that's what i feel like genevieve is she's the emotional brain mm-hmm. and i want to be the logical brain and she's right. like no yeah so that's what might, it feels it like. might be that you just have to take a break from each other and i set a timer like we're mommy's well, gonna take a time out she never wants to sleep at our house so she's always <laughs> like can i go somewhere else and live my life like <laughs> that's what it feels like it's like oh my god i'm back here i'm back in this hell hole <sighs> which is not a hell hole it's a beautiful home and and i try to make it welcoming it is it is very welcoming. Oh, it's just hard i think part of it is that i think part of it is the fact that i I'm big on control and I need to let that go. Mm-hmm. Like I need to recognize that and start like loosening the reins of just control of like all the moving components. Mm-hmm. What is my family? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because she's like, she's my wild card for mm-hmm. sure. But I love that about her. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause but she's a creative, she's the she most creative. I mean, amazing. she, she makes, she makes a lot of like art that would be considered like trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a lot of paper and tape and mm-hmm. stapling and gluing and and mm-hmm. like she can destroy a room mm-hmm. in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for me because <laughs> yeah. I'm OCD and I'm like everything has a space a place and a space and we don't like wreak havoc on mm-hmm. a room. Mm-hmm. But I I'm noticing that I don't want I don't want to be the person that crushes her spirit. Right. Just because I want it to be my way. Like that's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. So, I think I definitely need to kick my ass into therapy for that and figure yeah. out some options on Thera- how to. Therapy has helped me that. so much with that because I I have told you before that I um one of the things I struggle with is transitioning from work back to home. Mm-hmm. After I've worked a full day, where you're in leadership and like direction, yes, and I come home and we've got a house full of all <laughs> all four of them are creative, energetic, you know, busy, and I'm I'm transitioning from being in charge at work, managing the chaos, handling the things, telling people what to do, mm-hmm. coming home into an environment where they have had a full day, like on a weekend where they've been creative and they're doing projects and they're, Mm -hmm. they're not going to stop and clean every five minutes. And I have to be able to come into that and observe it and say, look at our kids having the best Saturday. Look at the things that they've done. Look at how they've enjoyed each other in this day instead of like freaking out, which is what I do. I will freak out. And yeah. it's more of like I get the stern eyes and I get the I go quiet and I'm upset because the house is a mess. Mm-hmm. But I have had to try and learn how to walk in the door and take a minute and look at our kids and say and observe them, observe what they're doing and say mm-hmm. they are being kids. They're being who God created them to be. Mm-hmm. They're enjoying our home and each other. And isn't that amazing? Right. I'm not always good at that, and Todd will tell you that I'm not always good at that. <laughs> but I'm I'm working on it. I'm. It's a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we've had, you know, 
35, 36 plus years of being who we are. Mm-hmm. And then you have these other beings coming into your world and they're not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's already like a natural conflict. And then they're finding things, you know, they're fascinated with things that like you're not fascinated with. And mm-hmm. they're, they're naturally just messy. They, they're not going to do it the way you want it to be done and, and whatnot. And so that's really hard. Like that is a hard thing to not get frustrated over. Mm-hmm. Like I, I find myself just being like more, I, 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 I want to be the person that, sees the beauty in the chaos of things i guess like sees what kind i want to i want to appreciate what came out of my daughter's brain mm-hmm. and appreciate that and not be so like f- focused and annoyed with the aftermath of what you know of of the the process that mm-hmm. she had to go through to get mm-hmm. what she created. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah. That's hard. That's an intentional thing. That's like a decision that we have to right. make that I'm not going to walk through this door and freak out on my kids who are having fun. Right. That is, that is a decision that we as adults have to make. And it's, I am with you. It's hard for the, for those of us who are, who have control issues. Yeah. Who like things the way we like them who are leaders and naturally just kind of heard things and manage mm-hmm. things and control things and what we don't want to do is control our kids to the point where they shrivel up where they yeah. can't be who they are yeah and i have thought so much about that recently with my kids who are getting to the age where they're starting to express themselves more um more fully and refining those things that they want to do. Like mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to nurture those things in them without controlling it. Right. If I control it, they're going to end up with doing a, what you want, doing what, what I want. Do. They're going to end up a smaller version of themselves than they should be. Right. I don't want to control who my kids become. Mm-hmm. I want to like herd them a little bit. Right. Like with with some boundaries, yeah, moral boundaries, social boundaries, things right. like that. Um, but I don't want to herd them in a direction that's not them. Right. And with my daughters, my my two bonus daughters and my biological daughter, especially is what we're talking about tonight is girls, um, because there's such a specific set of of things that come along with girls. Right. And it's not, I mean, there's a different set we can talk about later with boys, but right now we're talking about girls and they have a very uh, specific set of things that they deal with. Right. And how we mother them is so important. It's so important. And we're going to screw it up sometimes. Yeah. Hopefully the majority of the time we get it right and we screw up a minority <laughs> of the time. <laughs> so, and hopefully when we do screw it up, that, their their grace is abundant mm-hmm. for us because right. i mean oh, mama, is. mama is very sorry but i'm gonna screw up yeah and their grace is abundant they have the innate ability to adapt and to be resilient yeah that doesn't mean we can abuse that innate ability in them right. and be like they can they're gonna get over it they're gonna have grace for me no 
we're, we all screw up and, and kids are going to be patient with their parents because they love us. Um, but I don't, I don't want to abuse that either. Right. So, yeah. Um, I have a, I have a few notes of things that I want to talk about. Share them. Cause I, I need to like take notes. <laughs> One of the things that I've noticed about the girls in our house, my daughter Riley, especially because I'm with her more, but Todd's girls at, as well, how they are clinging to, um, mothering and Riley, like I said, especially she is wanting to be around me more and more these days mm-hmm. and, and, uh, expressing that to me. Like, I want to be with you, mommy. I don't, I want to hang out with you. I want mm-hmm. to sit with you. I want to do something with you. And, you know, I think that we need to make sure we are understanding the value that our daughters are placing on us as their moms. Right. Um, it is a very important role that we have in their lives. Like it's almost an o- overwhelming importance. If right. you let yourself dwell on it too much, it's a lot, but I think we need to understand what our impact is. We are one of the biggest influences on their lives. And that's a lot on us for sure. It's a yeah. big responsibility, but, um, Girls and even teenage girls, which we think teenage girls are when they start to be like rebellious and don't want anything to do with their parents. Mm -hmm. But even teenage girl studies show that they value their mother's opinion um, over their friends. Really? Which is shocking to me. I would never have thought about that. But it says 63% of girls who say they have a role model say that it's their mom. Teenage girls. And I would not have guessed that. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at that. Yeah. So girls find a safe place in their moms. Like if they've had a rough day at school or if they are old enough to have a job, you are their safe place. They're going to run to you. You're, you should be their safe place, their refuge. So hopefully we're nurturing, we're creating an atmosphere where they feel like they can be safe with us. Right. I will say, I, I mean, I have a, an, I have an, a beautiful relationship with my mom, I would mm-hmm. say. Like it's. I am that person like when I just need to decompress and I don't want to put it all on Brent like mm-hmm. I call my mom mm-hmm. if I just and, I, and I'm not necessarily looking for her to solve it I just need somebody to like bounce it off of mm-hmm. to to know the same the weight of something that I'm carrying or whatever mm-hmm. it's definitely her mm-hmm. um, and like you know do you think that your mom what do you think your mom did when you were growing, when you were a kid and when you were a teenager that made you feel safe with her, that, that cultivated that kind of relationship where even now you feel like she's the one you want to call? Um, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, like, I mean, we had like there were i would say like my parents like were i wouldn't say they were strict i mean there we had rules and and we followed them or there were consequences period mm-hmm. and now i will say that the rules were probably a little there were more rules when i was uh, when it was just like when it was me my sisters are 8 and 10 years apart from me so mm-hmm. 
um, a lot changed, I think, between that. But like we had we had bound. I mean, we had boundaries and there was no crossing them without a consequence. Um, but I think I don't know. I think my mom was she's always been very open. Um, you know, I knew when she was upset and I knew when she was sad, but I also knew when she like was just having a good time. And, um, I feel like, I feel like she was vulnerable in front of us about things and, um, whether it be good or bad. And I have always felt comfortable to share something Mm -hmm. now there I mean there are things that like I didn't share until I was older and out of the house and there was space between us and I was an adult and uh that like I may not have shared with her at the time Mm -hmm. because it would have just you know put in it would have brought on like fear for, for her child or like you know concern or whatever I mean I wasn't doing like I wasn't like robbing banks or anything but like you know what I mean like you know you 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 share something you confide in your your parents or your mom or whatever years later like oh yeah oh yeah I totally like did a 180 on college like when I fishtailed yeah and I was facing the traffic yeah that happened and you show that <laughs> years later you right. don't share it like the day it happens because right. you'll get your t- car taken away right just because they're afraid you know they're, they want to keep you safe but um, I don't know. I've always just felt like I've always felt safe enough to like be myself and, and, and talk to her. I don't know why. I don't know if that's partly who I am. I'm an oversharer mm-hmm. by, by nature, I think. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there are things my mom is like, God, I wish I could just take that right out of my ears right now. I'm sure. But she's never said that to me. Like, right. she's always made me feel like she could, she wanted to know. She just always wanted to know. She wasn't nosy about our lives. She mm-hmm. was just curious. She mm-hmm. wanted to know, like, how we were feeling. Like, whether it be, you know, a boy or an experience or, like, things that we're dealing with school. She just made herself open to letting us share. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never felt like she was prying, mm-hmm. I guess. It always just felt like she was genuinely interested to hear what we had to say. Right. Yeah. I always want the girls to feel like they can tell me anything and I'm not going to get mad. Right. I might try to course correct a little bit if it's yeah. something inappropriate or dangerous. But I I want them to always be able to ask questions and to tell me anything that's on their mind without them being afraid. So have you said things that open that? Because I have tried that with Genevieve and I, you know, she'll be like, oh, she'll start to say something. She'll be like, never mind. And I'm like, you can tell me. And and she's like, no, I don't want to. And I don't I just don't. it, It kind of frustrates me like internally. Mm-hmm. That there's this hesitation with me because mm-hmm. I don't want that. Like, I want her to be able to tell me things and, and know that, like, no matter what, my love doesn't change mm-hmm. for her. So is there something that you tell your girls that makes them feel like they can open up? No, I think not specifically. I 
I think that it's and and honestly, the girls are not at the place where I think there's enough topics that are that mm, uncomfortable. Okay. Really, what's important to me is that when the girls start to get to an age where there are these big life things that are happening, um, boys and all of those things, when you start to face decisions that they, that you need to make. And I want them to feel like they can talk to me about it and not me, not freak out about a rule or, you know, something like that. So it's not anything specific I've said. I think I'm trying to make sure that when I'm talking to them now that I am not, like, for instance, if I'm talking to Riley about um, the way her body is changing, mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk about it in a way that it's not a big deal. It's just another thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to feel weird for her. How do you even bring that up without it not being weird? <sighs> I mean, it's totally weird. Like, I'm dying on the inside talking <laughs> to her about it. But I'm trying not to let it show on the outside. I don't know. Um, I mean, I wasn't. I didn't grow up in a home that was, like, so free to talk about all of the things. We had the little conversations here and there when it was necessary. Mm-hmm. But it was more about the restrictions on those topics and not, right. like, let's just talk about it. So I've right. tried to just kind of bring it up in casual conversation with her. Like, it's not a big deal. This is just something that happens. Um, let's talk about it. Right. And the older they get, the more things like that I can bring up right. that I am not I am not shrouding it in this awkwardness, in this uncomfortableness, in this fear, um, in this tension. I want it to just be a natural, this is something we talk about. Mm -hmm. Your body is not weird. The changes that you're going through are not weird. The way you're looking at that boy over there is not weird. Let's talk about it. Right. Things like that. So it's really kind of a decision that I have to make to control the look on my face, to control the words that I say. And make it safe for her to ask questions, to say anything she wants. Right. And then we'll talk it through. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm, because, I mean, Genevieve's seven. Right. But, like, she, I mean, she's, we're definitely headed there. And. No, but I think she, she's not there yet, but she is at an age where you can start talking about things on an age appropriate level Hmm. Um, and I wasn't the best at that honestly when my kids when Riley was seven I wasn't the best at talking about her body and how it was going to change and I walked in and she had found a book that we had gotten for Reagan about sex (laughs) and she was reading it on her bed I think at age seven and she was like almost all the way through and I was like oh shit (laughs) Wasn't ready for this. Well, I guess we're going to have to fast forward now. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. She's like, what's this word? It's like ejaculation. Oh, God. No, that word is not in. Pre-ejaculation? No. They don't don't use that word. In sex? (laughs) What's a wet dream? That's the worst two words to put together. Ew. I want to throw up, actually. Yeah, those are those are some hard things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable for us. It's not uncomfortable for them unless we make it uncomfortable for them. 
they this is don't, true. They don't know that it's there's anything to be embarrassed right. about or weirded out about right. unless we impart that to them. And so we as moms, as parents, have to be so intentional about it. Like, right. think it through. How are we going to bring those things up with them? How are we going to teach our daughters that their bodies are beautiful and right and wonderful and normal and all the things they're experiencing are the way we were created and right. how to handle growing up with all of those feelings but to be responsible for your body be responsible and take care and, of your body yes yes um honor your body all of these things right without it being weird and yeah. and putting all these restrictions on them. Yeah. So I am, I'm constantly aware of that with the girls and, and, you know, it's so important about how we talk about our bodies in front of our girls. Yeah. If we are talking about how we feel fat or we feel like we can't wear something because of the way we feel or if yeah. our, or if we're, afraid of showing uh, affection to our partner in front of them. I mean, right. appropriate levels of affection, obviously, but how we show them how we are free with our, with ourselves and with, and how we feel about ourselves and we're not um, putting ourselves down about our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's so important because that's what they are going to do. Right. Where they're going to mirror our actions and our words. Right. And so it, and I've messed up on that as many times. I've been like, I feel fat today, or I can't wear that because right. I don't want to put on a bathing suit today because I feel gross. Never should say those things in front of right. the girls because I don't want them to ever feel that way about themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it would break my heart to hear my daughter be like, Oh, I, you know what? And it goes to the counter actually when, because I, I, I got to quit saying it because I'm notorious for saying, oh, she's so tiny. Mm -hmm. Like it's that, I mean. Drawing attention to the size of somebody. Right. It's really, it really is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Honestly. It is. Like, why can't we just use, say things like, oh, they are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how free spirited they are. Like there are ways to not pinpoint th- certain things because that for women who are thin, that is a struggle for some women. Like we, you know, you don't know if they've had an eating disorder and they're right. struggling through that. You don't know if they've always been tiny and they've always been told they're thin, they're tiny mm-hmm. right. and they wish that they were more voluptuous or curvy or felt more feminine like there's something our society puts something on like having some curves but not too much curve you know what i mean like right there are so many other things to draw attention to other than somebody's body shape or size and uh we just kind of pigeonhole women into what their shape is yeah and we should not do that. And our girls are watching and they are learning those mm-hmm. that vernacular from us. Right. And they are learning how to either be a bully or mm. to be kind from their mothers. And, yeah. you know, if we are gossiping about other women in front of our girls, they are going to learn how to gossip about their friends from us. And so all I mean, it, listen, being a mother is a lot of fucking pressure. Like yeah. I am feeling the weight of motherhood as we're talking. Right. But it is a weight. These girls are our gift. I mean, they're a gift to us and how we mother them is 
a big deal. Yeah. And they are worth us being thoughtful about these things. Yeah. And if I walk down the street with, with the three girls that are in my life and point out a woman walking the other way and say, oh, my gosh, she's so skinny or, oh, my gosh, why is she wearing those pants or, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, why is her hair that crazy color? Right. Why? Why? And I've done it before and I we can't we can't do it um, because there are they are going to get their own self-esteem from us. Like they're going to start looking at themselves. Was my hair weird? Right. Should I be wearing these pants? Yeah. (laughs) My gosh, Riley, one day we were in a little boutique and there was a a women's boutique that I was looking for a dress in. And there was a picture up on the wall that said, don't let anybody dull your sparkle. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't even point it out. It was just there. And the next store we went into, Riley pointed out this little outfit that she liked. And I was like, really? You like that? She was like, Mom, don't dull my sparkle. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when your child's calling you out on things. Yes. But they hear all of those things. Yeah. And it translates into how they see themselves. You know, maybe I shouldn't think about that outfit. Maybe it is too much. Maybe it is not what I should wear to school. No, you should absolutely wear the thing that brings you joy, the Mm -hmm. thing that lights you up when you see it on the hanger. You should wear that thing and not care what anybody else says about it. And, um, gosh, it's such a, it's such a heavy responsibility as moms. It is. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, this really is the hardest job I will ever do, mm-hmm. period. For sure. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. We were built for it. We have uh, the ability to do it well. Yeah. If we're thoughtful about it. And so, mom, you shouldn't beat yourself up. Like, you've got to balance it. You want yeah. to teach your girls these 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 things that you know are good and right and true. Right. And important. And if you say a few things that you shouldn't along the way because you're human, you know what? As long as the scale is kind of tipped over here about the good, important, and right, and true things, I mean, give yourself a break. It's okay. Right. You want to um, make sure that you are tipping the scales a little bit in the right way. Right. Right. So. And when you are, and when you do mess it up. Your child is going to give you grace. Give yourself that grace. For sure. Uh, For sure. (laughs) Um, I read another statistic that was kind of shocking to me. Uh, Between elementary school and high school, a girl's self-esteem drops three and a half times more than a boy's does. Wow. Because of the... That's sad to me. It is sad. sad. I guess it's because of the pressure that girls put on themselves and each other. From You said from elementary to high school? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the way it plummets, where you're thinking about what you look like. Yeah, and that what, middle school is a shit show. It is, and Riley's going into middle school this year. Oh Lord, lots mm-hmm. of prayers. She's a pretty confident, like self-assured girl. She's one of those that you know she will wear the striped pants and the floral top and think it is the best thing ever. And I'm like cringing on the inside. <laughs> and if I asked her to match one day, she would think I was asking her to you know, by the moon. <laughs> so she's pretty confident and self-assured. I think she'll do fine. Yeah. Um, but it's my job to help her be okay. Right. Through it. When she's doubting 
to be the you're the one it's your job to be the one to be there to encourage and be like don't doubt yourself yeah you you know you you've got this you're creative yeah I find myself telling all three girls a lot lately you are so weird and that's awesome oh that's nice I like that They'll do something that's like a little strange or they'll think of something or have an, you know, imagine something and they'll tell me about it. And I'm like, instead of saying, okay, right. I'd be like, that is so weird. And that is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll say why. And and they'll look at me kind of funny and be like, well, why would you want to be like everybody else? Right. Why would you want to think like everybody else? Let yourself be weird. That's the best way to be. That's very true. It's really true. I mean, I'm really weird, I'm but too. I'm okay with that. I only got weird when in my later 30s, so and I realized <laughs> the benefit of it. When you found yourself and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm a weirdo." I'm a weirdo, and it's why? Great. Why didn't I let myself be weird all those years? Yeah, like what a waste. I mean, I I do some really random, stupid stuff in front of Brent. And he just looks at me like, God, I'm like, you married it, baby. Yep. But I think it's, I don't know. I just like, I think there's something very freeing about being weird and vulnerable about things. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's very freeing. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. One of, uh, one of my friends, Hope, who I've mentioned before, um, and I want to have her on the podcast. I know. To talk about parenthood, but she um, posted something on her Instagram story the other day that I don't remember the exact wording, but it was basically, so you you have a weird kid. So what? <laughs> Embrace it. Encourage it. Let them be weird. You know, tell them all the great things about being weird. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as you, if you have one of those kids who looks perfect, who does all the sports and and has perfect grades and as much as you encourage them in those things like you're so smart and you're so athletic and and you're such a great kid as much as you do that for that kind of kid Mm -hmm. do it for your weird kid too if they don't fit in if they don't get straight a's if they don't play on the football team but they are in the poetry club right like give life to that as much as you give life to everything else right I mean, everything in life has to have something, someone or something that, that brings the passion. Like, everything has the person that does it with the most intensity or, mm-hmm. like, pours into it. Like, mm-hmm. and it could be your child doing that. You just, and you have to be able to, I feel like you have to be able to cultivate that and recognize that first and then, like, help cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in yeah. a safe way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think everybody can, no matter what kind of kids you have, what kind of girl you have, um, you know, yeah, there are going to be these standouts. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be, there's going to be the standout soccer player. There's going to be the standout mm-hmm. vocalist. But if, if we can, as mothers, if we can recognize the thing that our kid is good at, the, the gift that, God put inside of our girl mm-hmm. before they were born. If we can recognize that at an early age and just nurture the shit out of that thing, right. 
that they are going to be the best at that. They're going to be, they're going to excel in that because they have been given right. the freedom to do that thing instead of being like, no, you need to take dance class. Right. No, you need to be a straight A student. No, you need to get into the school. Or no, I'm notorious for no, you've made a huge mess. You need to clean up before you do anything else. Like, that's my go-to. Like, oh, look at the mess that you've made. And that kind of breaks my heart now that I'm saying it. Like, I don't want to be that mom mm-hmm. that that's the first thing I see is the mess. Mm-hmm. I want to see what she created. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, recon- the important, not the good thing, the important thing is recognizing that mm-hmm. what's important and, and how to mother and making some adjustments. We all do it. I make adjustments. I'm in freaking therapy every other week trying to be <laughs> a good mom because I struggle at it. It's not easy right. being a mom. Every four, Each of the four kids in our house is so different. Right. And we're not, there's no humanly, there's no human way possible to get it right with all four of them all the time. But the important thing is, is that I'm doing the work to get better and to be a better mom all the time right. and to figure out how to um, help them grow. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not perfect. You aren't, I'm not, nobody listening is a perfect mom. Right. And if you see a mom on Instagram that you think is perfect, that has it all together, that's a it's, load of bullshit. It's lies. Yeah. That's just, they're showing you what you want. Every, everybody or what they want you up. to see. Everybody screws up. Yes. Some, there are some moms that it comes a little easier to them. Right. Their personalities are a little more at ease. That's not me. Or they're on drugs and they just can't feel anything. <laughs> they're like, sure, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Moms out there, you are not alone in this Mm-mm. at all. You can all. do it. You can do it. Get the help you need. Um, Everyone is struggling. We are all struggling. I'm struggling to say the word struggling. <laughs> I was like struggle, struggling. <laughs> we're all like we're in we're all in trenches Absolutely. when it comes to raising our kids. Yep, we and screw it up all the time. It, it's just and the good thing about all of us being in the trenches is that we can be there together mm-hmm. and we can help support each other, like with our children. Absolutely. So absolutely. So really be an important. encourager of the moms in your life too. You know, because it is hard it's the ha- it's the hardest job we'll ever have yeah and so w- your friends that are moms even if you don't think they might be struggling a lot in this moment pick up the phone and say you know what you have such great kids yeah i see that they are you know i've noticed that they do so so great in this and you're just a good mom you're doing a good job yeah just encourage be encouragers of each other because lord knows sometimes we want to fall down in the corner and sob for an hour you know yeah it's tough yeah. it's a tough job but you can do it <laughs> <laughs> you can you can you can and you don't have to conquer it all at once nope just focus on one thing like focus on like for me i know that i'm gonna try to focus on seeing the I guess like my daughter she's a she loves she's an art child she loves to create things I'm gonna focus on what she's actually created and not what it took to get there not the right. chaos and the mess that it mm-hmm. took together that's what that's the little thing that I'm gonna focus on mm-hmm. and encourage that and mm-hmm. nurture that within her mm-hmm. um, and let her show that I'm proud of like how she you know did that 
Yeah, for sure. I'm going to nurture my daughter's you, creativity. Yes, you are. Because the the end result, I think you can hang up on the fridge is way more important than the 10 minutes it's going to take to clean it up. Right. Well, with her, it's going to take an hour. Trust me. You know. Just tell yourself it's 10 minutes. It'll be easier. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. So all you moms out there, good job. You're doing a great job. Hang in there. Hang in there. You've got it. Like the little cat on the limb. Hang in there. Hang in there. You can do it. You absolutely can. And you're being a kick-ass mom. So kudos. Alrighty. <sighs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow us on all the socials. We are The Lady Bits Podcast on all platforms. The Lady Bits Podcast is created and produced by me, Amanda Holloman, and Abby McGee. It is recorded in Wilmington, North Carolina. Our sound engineer and graphic designer is my hot husband, Brent. Web design and music contributions are by Abby's also hot husband, Todd. The theme music is recorded by us and our very hot husbands. Special thanks to Beta Radio for the use of their recording studio and to Millie Holloman for the images that can be found on our website and social feeds. You can find us at theladybitspodcast.com.